Pastor. Today is um, the final day of our sermon series. Uh, you asked for it. Remember, we had uh, questions submitted that we have been responding to. Um, and for me, I think that of the ones that we have done, this one for me is the hardest one. It's, it's, it's heavy. It's a question that you know, has been on my mind previously in life. And that question is, how do you live every day knowing you will die? And our text in response to the question is one that uh, I oftentimes use during uh, services of death and resurrection, funerals. In fact, just yesterday, I uh, used this text. It's from Ecclesiastes, and it's chapter 3, and the first 13 verses. Hear now the word of the Lord. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end, I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they should live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, whatever it is that you would have for us to hear in this moment, we pray that we hear it with clarity. We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
How do you live every day knowing you will die? The brilliant writer Peter DeVries once wrote, like the cleaning lady, we all come to dust. Supposed to have been funny. DeVries lost his daughter to pediatric cancer. He wrote and thought a lot about life and death. The ethicist and my former teacher, another brilliant man in his own right, the late Alan Verhey, once noted, people have been dying for a while now. It started, I guess, with the first human being. And since then, the death rate has been right about 100%. Verhey also said, reflective people have been reflecting on death for so long as there have been reflective people. And those reflections, you see, they vary just as people vary. To think about death, we also cannot help but think about life and the human condition. Because of that, Verhey asks a number of other questions. Questions that we have to reflect on if we're reflecting on matters of life and death. Like, who are we? Where are we going? Is there life after death? How should we prepare for it? And what I think was the best of his questions that he asked in the book, which is very similar to the question that was submitted in our box, how should we live knowing we shall die? Ironically, I suppose, Verhey writes these words and offers these reflections while on borrowed time, knowing that he was dying. You see, he actually had a, a stem cell transplant that offered him this borrowed time where he had the time to write about death and dying well. Again, like the cleaning lady, we all come to dust. So how do we live knowing that? Some may even say, what's even the point of living knowing that? The writer of Ecclesiastes sums up life and how our time is spent in life quite well. It should be noted, though, and the people from Pastor's Bible Study on Wednesday know this, the writer of Ecclesiastes is not a very hope-filled person. Not at all. The author of Ecclesiastes considers much of the human quest to be folly. In fact, the writer uh, continues to use this word throughout the book that shows how disillusioned with life the writer may be. And that, that word is the Hebrew hevel, H-E-V-E-L, hevel. It translates to vapor or smoke. And the author uses it throughout the book like this. It's all just hevel. It's all just vapor. It's all just smoke. Hevel, hevel, hevel. Everything is hevel. But in a more 
reasonable and, and hopeful moment in chapter 3, we have this, this beautiful piece where everything has a season. Every time, it, it all has purpose. Some of you may be familiar with the song uh, by the birds, you know, turn, turn, turn. We, we sang it out here on the lawn with the Connections Band in October. Everything has a season. Indeed, there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep, and a time to dance, a time to gather, and a time to throw away, a time to mourn, a time to laugh. Indeed, there is a time for everything. There is a time to live and a time to die. But what the birds didn't emphasize in the song are the verses that come after all of the poetic, there's a time for this and a time for that. They didn't emphasize what comes next. And, and I want to point out uh, what comes out next. You, you just heard it, but the writer who says there's a time for all this stuff then ask the question, what gain have the workers from their toil? Like in all these seasons, through all these times, like it's toil, right? You know, even, even in the good times, there's toil, there's work. So what do you have to gain from all the work and all your time through all your seasons? And then the writer goes on to, to kind of answer the question when when. He says, I know that there is nothing better for them to be happy and to enjoy themselves so long as they live. And, and further, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. Pleasure in the toil, in the times, through all the seasons. Eat, drink. Enjoy it. What I hear in verses 12 and 13 is, I don't think it's all hevel, hevel, hevel. That doesn't sound like hevel. That sounds like a gift. That sounds like life. And so long as there is the gift, so long as there is the life, then, then eat, drink, take pleasure. Friends, God has not created us just to die. There are a lot of seasons in life. And death is just one. God has created us to live and to delight in living. And to be alive is to share in God's breath in the world. And God is the one who has made it possible for us to do such. Another fun Hebrew word that shows up in Genesis 2 is the word nephesh. Say it with me, nephesh. Human beings are a living nephesh. The primary meaning of the term nephesh is the breath of life instinct that fills our nostrils. It is the, the breath of life instinct that is in the nostrils of, of all living beings. And by extension, it is life. It is person. It is very self. Christians have uh, tried to, to, 
to translate this Hebrew word and it's, it's meaning to, to, to be like soul, but, but it's not exactly that. It, 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 it's actually more than that. It is the breath of life that is gifted by God into our being that makes it possible for us to share in God's life in being. Indeed, it is God's very breath in our lungs. It is life. It is what puts the bee in our being. Nephesh. So if that life force that sustains us and moves us is a gift from God, then we take on all the seasons of life with the posture of gratitude. Thank you, God, for the breath. No matter the season. But let's be honest, though. And I appreciate the courage and the honesty of whoever submitted this question. Because I suspect they know. Sometimes it is hard to be overcome with gratitude. Sometimes it's hard to be cheerful. Sometimes it's hard to, to be thankful for the gift of it all because sometimes life is hard and death is scary. Sometimes it's hard embracing our being living nephesh. Sometimes being is not easy. Sometimes we find ourselves consumed with the thought that it's all just hevel. Hevel, hevel, hevel. Sometimes life is hard and sometimes knowing that death is a thing makes living life all the harder. And at some points in life, some of us tend to think, can't we just get it over with already? To take some liberties and to ask a different question than the one that was submitted but can be very much akin to it. What's the point of living if we know that we are going to die? It's important, friends, to mention that questions like this are at the forefront of many people's minds in the present day. A lot of us wrestle with questions just like this. What's the point? Real talk. Life can be overwhelming for some of us. When it is, we find ourselves wondering, like, why? One of the things that I've been bothered by and convicted of as a leader in the church is that we oftentimes talk about, you know, matters of, of, of mental wellness when bad things happen on a national scale or even when it hits a little bit close to home. We say things like, you know what, we really need to talk about this stuff more. We really need to talk about how people feel mentally and emotionally more. But then the time comes, and leaders like myself, we, we don't actually talk about these things from the pulpit in the Sunday school classroom because it's hard. Not only is it hard, but it's also very much taboo. 
That's another fun word. Let's say that one together. Taboo. So we avoid it. We don't, we don't talk about things like depression from the pulpit or in the Sunday school class. We don't name the reality that, that some people think that they would be better off dead than alive. When's the last time or have you ever heard the word suicide in a sanctuary? But it's something that I guarantee has at one point or another affected one of us or someone that we love. When we don't talk about hard things in the church, as a church, then it's no wonder that, that, that certain things tend to snowball into epidemics. If the church does not have the courage to speak on such matters, how can we expect those who we love and are in our care to have the courage to speak on such matters? If the church does not have the courage to speak on real life matters of life and death, how can we expect another person to have the courage to say, you know what, I'm not okay? They've been led to believe that it's not relevant. It doesn't matter because we haven't had the courage to speak on it. They think it's not that important. I I don't need to speak on it. We don't talk about stuff like this. Even though some of us have questions and even though many of us have had it affect us. If life as we know it, it is full of many seasons, then why do we shy away from talking about some of the hardest seasons? To be sure, there is a time for war, a time to tear, a time to throw away, a time to lose, a time to mourn, a time to weep, Time to die. Sometimes when we are in such seasons, we find ourselves asking tough questions that are truly okay to ask. How do you live every day knowing you will die? It's a great question. We've approached it from a few different angles this morning, and there are more angles that, that we haven't talked about. Go to Sunday school and talk about it. Don't be afraid. That said, Pastor Katie and I have made it abundantly clear in this sermon series, you asked for it, that uh, if you were looking for answers, chances are you're not going to get an answer. Answers are hard to come by, and that's okay. We made it perfectly clear we were just going to respond to the questions as opposed to offer answers. But with that said, I do want to offer somewhat of an answer this week to the question, how do you live every day knowing you will die? And my answer is, one breath at a time. One 
beautiful, shared breath at a time. Some seasons it's easier to to breathe that beautiful shared breath than it is others. But the breath is always beautiful. And the breath is always shared. One breath at a time. Our God has made it that way for a reason. You see, the one who hung on Calvary's cross, who breathed his last breath there, the same air that we breathe, is also the one who made the breath possible in the first place, in the beginning. One breath at a time. And remember, the worst thing that happens to us will not be the last thing that happens to us. Because it is His breath in our lungs. And it is because of Him that the dust breathes now and forever. Let us pray. God, thank you for making us out of the dust of the ground. Thank you that as we return back to dust again that you still continue to breathe life into us now and forever. As we share in this beautiful breath that is yours, we pray that we make our way through all the seasons be they seasons of lament or seasons of praise, with an acknowledgement that it is all gift and all from you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and all God's people say, Amen. Number four.